If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 199, featuring the Arnold Palmer Invitational on the PGA Tour and the magical Kenya Open on the DP World Tour, Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanram. Join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's golf betting action. Morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information and, of course, Please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website. It's absolutely packed this week with three tournaments. Uh, In-depth betting previews, tournament strokes gained analysis, tournament form statistics, and our our predictor models, both DP World Tour and two PGA Tour models, available this week completely free of charge. All of these features, like this podcast, hey, there's no paywall. We're available on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry, or should I say Seb Stracker Whisperer, Barry O'Hanrahan. He's at A Good Talk Golf, and I'm at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel, where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Please subscribe to the channel and like the shows. We just burst through 2,400 subscribers, and that's growing nicely. Uh, Arnold Palmer show will come out later today, so Tuesday morning. Right, now you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Right, this one is very short, it's very sweet. Uh, It is entitled Best. Five stars. It is from Greg in Boston. And I don't mean Boston in Lincolnshire, I mean Boston in Massachusetts. So, the best three talkers on golf, the best intro and outro for a podcast ever. And that's it. That's from Greg in Boston, Massachusetts, United States. Thank you, Greg. Lovely stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Short, sweet and uh, to the point, Greg. Thank you very much. The best three talkers on golf. What does he want? <laughs> he want? He wants something from us. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for that, Greg. I always loved Boston. I've, I've only been once, but it, it felt so similar to Dublin. Just the, the the buildings along the river there, and yeah, just a great vibe in the city. Mm. Yeah, my wife's been there. She she says it's very nice. Uh, good chowder, she tells me. Um. Yeah, come on. Talk to us about Seb Straka at the Honda Classic. A 125 to 1 winner mm. for the podcast. Fantastic, Barry. Well done before you start. Well done, mate. Absolutely. Cheers, fantastic. boys. Thank you. Yeah, it's the, the irony is just too funny. Couldn't pick my nose the last God knows how many weeks. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It all came together quite nicely. He was a bit of a flyer, um, you know, kind of. Stayed away from the short odds guys in a, a field that was had a little, I would say, had a little bit more variance. And, man, yeah, it, it just worked out so great. I, 
it felt like you had a pretty good chance going through to Sunday. And um, I, I don't know, if I'd been a bit more confident in my bets recently, I might have felt a bit more comfortable about it. But I just, I had that impending sense of doom hanging over me the whole way. But his swing just seemed to get really free and loose on the back nine. And he just hit some great shots. And mm. last three holes and five under around that place, or sorry, last five holes and three under to get it correct, um, around there is just something else. And um, yeah, a little bit of fortune that he was able to get his tee shot away on 18 in the, the driving rain before the before Larry and Berger got a chance to do it. But, you know, you need... <laughs> you need a little bit of luck in golf tournaments to, to go your way or to not go against you. And, and that kind of, it all came together quite nicely. And um, I did something, I had him backed with a bookie and also on the exchange. And I did something I never usually do on the exchange. And I did a bit of laying off when he hit about 1.2, 1.2 something, just to, mm-hmm. just to bank some money because of the fear. Mm-hmm. And um, even when Larry had a put on 18 for the birdie, I just laid it all, the rest of it all off at like 1.05. Um, I just couldn't handle the stress of watching a put roll, roll down the hill. So I, t- <laughs> I took the little equity hit. Um, yeah, a great win. Really happy. And um, yeah, let's, let's, let's hope I've found something that will at least keep me somewhere close to the top of the leaderboard. I'm not expecting wins each week, but um, it, was, it was nice to not stay in the lost zone. Mm. We spoke. We've spoken about this in the past, haven't we? Potentially splitting your stakes, some on the exchange, some with a bookmaker, just to give you a level of flexibility. I mean, clearly this, especially if it's each way bets as well with cash out and whatever and cash out restrictions. Let me just read you Sepp Strucker's numbers because we've said it. We said last week, PJ National definitely a bomber's course. Three hundred and ten off the tee, he was thirteenth. This is the key, though. He hit 47 of 56 fairways across the week. You're banging it 310 and you've hit 84% of fairways. That is a recipe for victory around PJ National where plenty of people like Matthew Wolfe are hitting their, you know, every three or four tee shots into the water. He was also top for greens in regulation, 76.4% first in that category. Fourth for tee to green, 20th for approach, first for strokes gained off the tee. And just to uh, make matters even sweeter, he was fourth for strokes gained putting. It was it was just interesting. I mean, what was what was Berger? What was Berger before the start of the round? Was he th- was he four to one on to win that? Yeah, maybe even shorter I'm on the exchange. The actual, yeah, I'm not seeing the actual. I, I know. Uh, I think he's one point three something. Yeah, right I, I saw one point two eight or something. Yeah, you know, that kind of lead. I mean, you know, he bogeyed the last, didn't he, on Saturday, which um, had he birded that, it'd have been, what, seven clear, which would have been, well, you say insurmountable, but uh, any any lead going into Sunday seems to be, you know, beatable, doesn't it? And it all started to go wrong for him. I mean, from, from Stracker's perspective, Barry, you said, you know, a bit of luck up 18, but to, to execute the drive as he did, what did he stick it? Mm. 330, 340 up the Yeah, field? yeah. Like it was the longest drive of the week. He just, like, <laughs> adrenaline and just flushed it. And then, <laughs> yeah. do you know what? Hit, hit a quality iron shot when the rain was hammering down. It mm. just hit it to exactly where it needed to go. Um, my heart was in my mouth, and that ball was in the air. I just, I just once, I, once I got on the green, I knew there was a really good chance of the birdie, and and that was going to make things a little bit more solid. But man, he he was fair play to him. He stood up and hit some really good shots down the stretch, absolutely. like he'd done it before. Yeah, absolutely. 
that's what you want to see. You want to see a, a player stand up and embrace the opportunity. And uh, well, when they convert like the way he did there, then very, very satisfying. And you know, satisfying for you, Barry, to, to kind of work the logic out of it. Because he, he did show a bit the week before, didn't he? It, um, yeah. You know, um, I think he had a pretty slack first round and then these final three Finished rounds very well. were, were good. Mm. Um, yeah, was, I, I, I think I'd he was top him. 15 tee to green. Previous yeah, week, right. and we we said he's not one to back when he's had a top ten because he'll always miss the cut the week after. He's not one of those, but he's one one of these peaky ones where if you can mm. catch him where he's played well for two rounds and his kind of numbers are slightly hidden, and he takes that forward to the next week, bang, yeah, it's good yeah. stuff, mate. Yeah, no, I I, I I backed him first round leader, which was uh, which, which was no good, but. Uh... But, you know, satisfying to see him come through for you, Barry. So, uh, yeah, just to repeat, very, very well done. You had a bit of um, you had a bit of Chris Kirk, Steve, didn't you, each way? I had a bit very of... Very flaky, isn't he? Kirk, Kirk's so, so flaky in contention. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he had a chance. Very flaky. I, I was worried about Kirk as soon as, basically, you hit the frame on Friday. Mm. You keep looking at leaderboard going, when are, when are these bogeys coming? And he managed to get through Friday, and he's in second. You think, okay. Uh, his his game shape wasn't the game shape of a player that wins that tournament. He wasn't hitting enough of his approaches close enough. It was all around the green and putting. And you're just waiting for impending doom. And he he hung around again. I think he shot one over on the Saturday, so he was still in that tie for second. The best thing was there was a four-shot gap between those guys and the guys that would be challenging from behind. Yep. You're thinking, yeah, okay, so you know, all intents and purposes here, we should have a 66 to 1 full each way return here, unless it's complete Armageddon. And he kind of hung around, didn't he? And then he made that triple on the back nine, <laughs> which was an <laughs> God. If you if you if you were looking for a brown trouser triple on a par three, that was it. He, he hit it into the water. Then he had uh, he had his third. He hit that into the bunker, just about got over the green. Um and then he chips, and he has a three-footer for double bogey, which he misses for triple. And you're like, oh, well. But at least, fair play to Chris, he made a birdie on the last to actually get me a full each-way return. Going back to Sepp Stracker as well. You know, I was talking about Golf Club of Houston a lot. The old uh, Houston Shell Open, mm. that open course mm-hmm. there. Stracker, fourth there. The last time they played it in 2020. So, yeah, it all kind of married up. It was good, very good. But, yeah, I was happy with Kirk. Got away kind of... This is the thing with these profit and losses across the season, isn't it? If, you, if you're not going to get the winner, at least try and fill the, a, a place. Yeah, yeah. Le- at least over, try and it? avoid that total loss week. And that they're the ones that add up over the course of 46, 47 weeks mm. where you're kind of covering your week and you're not making a full loss. So I was pleased with that. And you guys as well, Gary Woodland Whisperers. A full yeah. each way place for Gary Woodland. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see him come through and um, and and put the round in on Sunday that got him into that position. Which, you know, from a kind of and you said there was a gap between the guys that were in the you know the leading each way positions, all those in true contention, and uh, the kind of the, the rest of the field. So, mm. so yeah, to see him come through and put the round together, even though he bogeyed the last three, putted the last from about seven feet, which um, yeah had, had me 
screaming at the time, but it actually in you know the bigger context, it didn't matter a jot really with the uh, the final output. But uh, mm. there was lots to like. There was lots to like with Gary Woodland. Um, I'm certainly one that I'm keeping an eye on um, both this week and uh, moving forward because I think there's uh, the scope for him to uh, to to improve and to get some good big results over the next few weeks. And See, months. look at looking at the information that we pulled together. Paul over the close season, well, mm. over December. I don't think Bay Hill is his ultimate setup because it's long, stretching. I think, you know, bearing in mind he'll probably win now this week or finish second or whatever. But Gary Woodland at the Players' Championship, mm. tight, short, his great driving off the tee, <clears throat> that seems quite logical. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's got a fantastic record at the Players'. But yeah, he's clearly percolating. Yep. yep. He was ninth for greens in regulation. And he's what you want to see from Gary Woodland. His ball striking and total driving numbers must have been very, very tasty last week, which is Gary Woodland. So hopefully yeah, Gary's yeah. coming back. Yeah, and he, he's, he, he's been showing a bit of just just signs of life and like flickers of light in, in his play, but his results haven't really kind of shown mm-hmm. it until this week just gone. And I'd, I'd say that that's going to be a great confidence booster for him. And uh, you look, uh, you never know. I mean, the, he's just got to build, keep building that confidence. And he's won a US Open at Pebble Beach. So mm. there's, you know, you don't have um, questions over his cojones when he's in the hunt. So it's not, it's an interesting one to keep an eye on for next week, Steve, for the players. It is next week, isn't it? Yep. Players yep. next week. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. e- even the other side of that, you've got Copperhead, where I believe he's finished second in the past uh, around uh, the tra- the Valspar there. So there's tracks coming up in his favour. Right. Let's, let's not. A- That's kind sorry. Of <laughs> go on, Barry. You go. No, I was just I was saying. Let's before we move on. Let's not get, forget about Shane for a second week in a row because we should have talked about Shane going into last week. And he has been playing great. Mm. I al- I almost stayed away from him because I felt like my bets were so mushy that I was going to jinx the man. So I didn't back him last week, even though I felt he had a, you know, he was going in with a lot of good things going for him, and it was a course that could definitely suit. He did like. He's playing great. He did nothing wrong, really, on Sunday. I mean, you, you just can't say um, that was a bad round in any way. No bogeys. No, no. Got a little unlucky on 18 with the the, way, the weather coming in for his tee shot, which kind of messed him up a bit. But, um, like, Shane Lowry, maybe, for the players? Mm. Yep, he's playing some good stuff, as you say. He's... Um, yeah, you know, it, it, he's been close, isn't he? He's been co- close a couple of times. I backed him earlier this season, and uh, he was in a great. He was a fifty-four hole favourite heading into the final day. Um, Abu Dhabi, wasn't it? And um, yeah, couldn't convert there. And uh, yeah, as you say, he didn't do a massive amount wrong. It's just sometimes it, been... the Sundays just don't go your way, do they? You can go all the way mm. back to last August, where he was in the final group, I think, at the Northern Trust in the FedEx Cup playoffs. It, there, there's been a resurgence in, in Shane. It just hasn't quite got over the line yet. So it's coming. Mm. It's just the, a matter uh, of us the, picking exactly where that spot's going to be. Is it going to be on the DP World Tour or is it going to be on the PGA Tour? So, mm. Yeah. Mm. He's also one of those sorts that does string. When you look at deep, uh, well, certainly when I look at PJ Tour, he can string top tens together. You know, so just because he finished second last week 
doesn't mean that he won't get in the frame again in at the players, for example. He can no. string results together. He's I, not a set tracker, for example. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't I string think, results together. I think Larry's Larry's swing, he just kind of it's that beautiful flow to it i think when he finds that rhythm it just locks in and stays there he's just got a, a feel at the time or something along those lines yeah. and the ball flight is just fantastic at the moment he hit this low stinger on the weekend i actually let out a little moan it was so beautiful it just <laughs> ri- it just ripped out so low it was Did amazing. i also read from rob bolton that he was in danger of missing out on the players championship just because he needs a top 50 exemption because he didn't get into the FedEx Cup. Oh, what am I talking about? I don't know if it, was, it wasn't Shane Lowry. It's Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood's in danger of missing out on the uh, players because if he drops out of the top 50 this week, he won't get a spot because he didn't get into the FedEx Cup playoffs last year. Mm. So yeah. there's, there's one to keep a note of for the Arnold Palmer Invitational this week. Yeah, there's some big points up for grabs this week at the API as well, isn't there? So there's going to mm. be a fair bit of movement. Um, I want to pack show, so we need to move on. I want to talk Kenya Open, magical Kenya Open. Before we go into that, I'm just going to highlight a couple of bookmakers. We've got Boyle Sports this week. Again, 10 places each way of 50 odds as standard on the PGA Tour. They're also offering on Paul's magical Kenya Open on the DP World Tour. They're the only bookmaker offering up eight places each way of 50 odds on that particular um, tournament. If you haven't got a Bull Sports account, and we've been mentioning now for well over a year, um, we have two um, new customer offer deals available to Republic of Ireland and UK listeners available at the Golf Betting System website. It's a bet £10, get £20 offer for UK, and there's also a bet 10 get €40 Euro offer for the Republic of Ireland listeners. So that's available. Also, again, want to highlight Bet365 before we go move forward to Paul's tips. Uh, one thing we've noticed so far this golfing year is our Bet365 are dominating on player odds across both PGA and DP World Tours. Take the Honda Classic last week where they were the best price or joint best price. This was crazy. 137 of players in that field of 144 last week. Bet 365, best or equal best price. And so far, since the last week of January, since we've been keeping records, they have been best price or joint best price on 93% of the combined fields. You have to say that's impressive. So, So for those of you... Wanting the best player odds right now. Golf Betting System recommends Bet365. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current Bet10 pounds, get £50 in free bets, new custom promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with key T's and C's also available in the podcast description. So Bet365 for best odds, Boyle Sports, for most each way places. Right, we march on to the magical Kenya Open. Over to you, Paul. Yeah, the magical. it's magical to get the DP World Tour back on track, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> a, they should call it the Miracle Kenya Open. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's nice, nice, to be back at, nice to be back in the saddle. Um, a low-key event to kick us off um, in Africa before we um, head south to, well, to, to South Africa for the, in the next uh, two weeks. Um, for another couple of new events that we've got ha- happening over in South Africa after this, but uh, something for us to get our teeth into anyway. 
Um, the Kenya Open this week, though, uh, it's been around for years, isn't it? Late 60s, I think it started. Um, a little bit to work with then in terms of um, event history. There's also a little bit of course form to work with um, on the website this week. All of it is from the Challenge Tour, so do bear that in mind. But there are quite a few of this week's field that appear in the course stats. So if you're flicking through the website, there are two sets of data for the Kenya Open this week. One which is the event history um, and one that just filters out the uh, the course history as well. So uh, do take a good look at those. Um, quick show of the field then, or the betting rather. Dean Bermesta is the favourite 14 to 1. Uh, Justin Harding is the defending uh, Kenya Open champion, although it was from a different course last week, six, uh, or last year, 16 to 1. Adrian House, same price, 16s. Adrian Maronk is also 16 to 1. Thomas Detry, 20 to 1. Johannes Veerman, 22s. Then we've got the likes of Danny Van Tonda. He won the uh, Kenya Savannah Classic, which was on the, um, it was a part of that double header they did last year with the, uh, the Kenya Open. So we had the Kenya Open and the Savannah Classic won by Harding and Van Tonda. Uh, Van Tonda's 28s. Marcus Armitage, the bullet, is 28 to 1, 35 to 1 bar those players. So that gives you a feel of the kind of, uh, kind of field that we've got in attendance this week. So back to a kind of bog standard um, DP World Tour affair this week and um, we're off to Muthaiga Golf Club um, so the last couple of years have been at Karen Country Club for the Kenya Open we're moving to Muthaiga um, it has hosted the uh, Kenya Open on a number of occasions it kind of flits between here and Karen so um, again just make a note that all, all of the relevant dates and years are noted on the stats this this week so do take good care when you're perusing those numbers um, yeah, essentially they were just moving to the south, well, from the southwest of Nairobi to the uh, to the north west, uh, to the northeast, um, and uh, effectively, well, they claim this is uh, Kenya's home of golf. So, so uh, I'm I'm expecting some big things out of Muthanga Golf Club. This actually looking at the flyovers and looking at the pictures, it does look like a pretty spectacular course. Uh, 7,184 yard par 71 dates back to 1926. So kind of a classical over over tunes or overtures Parkland affair. Trees and lakes in play um, this week. Fast bent grass greens. They claim to have the fastest greens in East Africa um, on the course this week. 5,000 feet or so of elevation. So some altitude in play this week as well. So. Um, a few bits to grab onto in terms of uh, different features for this um, course over and above um, a, a normal bog standard um, uh, affair that you might uh, might struggle to grab any kind of uh, any kind of differentiation from four par fives, five par threes this week. So um, that's how the par of seventy one is uh, comprised. The front nine is about four hundred yards longer than the back nine, so we've got a bit of a mix between the two nines as well. So, so yeah, a few a few different pointers I think to uh, to, to grab onto. Um, looking at some of the winners here, I mean you've got the likes of Sevy one here, Ian Woosnam, uh, Ken Brown. They're all on the winners list here, and typically. You're looking somewhere um, in the region of maybe 10 to 12 under, maybe a little bit deeper in the softer years. But it tends to be quite firm and fast here. So when it's playing firm and fast, it can be quite tricky. Um, you know, low 
teens um, is going to be a really good target, I think, this week. Um, we've okay. seen in some of the softer years, we've seen up to kind of 17, 19 under win here, but um, you know, there's a lot of winners getting over the line in that kind of 10, 12, 13, 14 under kind of number. So not a pushover by any stretch of the imagination. So releasing bent grass greens, we think, this week. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as I say, claiming to be the fastest in East Africa. So I'm, I'm expecting 12, 13 on the stimp, which for oh, wow. for DP World Excellent. Tour standard, that is pretty, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty quick. So uh, mm. so it should be good. Um, just some of the history then. Kenya Open 2021. I mean, this was at Cowan Country Club. Justin Harding won at 33s. 2019 was Guido Migliozzi at 300 to 1. So those were the two mo- or the two most recent Kenya Opens um, on a different course, of course. Um, if we're looking at Muthaiga in isolation, um, the most recent six results um, are, I'll read, I'll read them from the uh, most, uh, the oldest first. Gary Boyd won at um, 13 under back in 2009. This is on the challenge tour. Uh, Robert Dinwiddie, 12 under in 2010. Uh, Mikhail Bothma, 14 under in 2011. Sevi Benson won in 2012 at 10 under. So that was 13, 12, 14 and 10 under. So just to kind of back up the point I made a few seconds ago. Um, we had a break then and then the course was used again in 2017. Aaron Rye won that on the Challenge Tour at 17 under. And then most recently, Lorenzo Galli won at 11 under par in 2018. So all very consistent in terms of those um, in terms of those winning scores. Aaron Rye, Lorenzo Galli kind of gives you a clue, I think, as the style of play. I mean, you, you could typecast Aaron Rye in terms of the style of course and um, type of game that's going to be required to win a golf tournament if he's uh, been successful there before. And Galli, when he plays well, um, he tends to be very strong from from tee to green. Tends to hit a lot of fairways. Tends to hit hit a lot of greens. Um, it's kind of, as I say, both of those players give you a good clue that uh, I think it's going to be more of an exacting test from tee to green um, than just a pure bomber's paradise. And if you're looking at 5,000 feet of elevation on a course that's, what, 7,100, nearly 7,200 yards. Yeah. Like a pigeon putt. We adjusted, you're looking at six, 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 seven, maybe something wow. like that. It's short. Um, you're going to be able to take less than driver off of a lot of tees. Um, you're going to be, um, you know, playing for position, I guess, off a lot of tees and uh, and and seeing where you go from there. Um, would you would you see a link with Crams then in terms of that elevation? Yeah, I think Quirky so. Quirky little got, course. Yeah, you've got Cranstorcier. You've got mm. um, the Czech Masters that's played at a certain level of altitude. I think it, a, a lot of the correlation, and if you read through um, the comments and the uh, uh, listen to some of the interviews from these uh, challenge tour events from back in 2017 2018 the players a lot of the players likened the course to um, to the South African tracks and you can see that you know the, the a lot of the Joburg tracks have played at a very similar altitude to this mm-hmm. um, a lot of a, a bent grass or bent power based as well so there's, there's going to be some correlation I think some quite strong correlation with South African results um, and uh, players who tend to play well down there should uh, should enjoy this. And of course, we had um, the the Kenya Open played at uh, at Karen over the last couple of years, and that was only ten miles away, still in Nairobi, still at a very similar altitude, still with bent grass greens. So, I wouldn't totally disregard the results from the uh, the Kenya Open and the Kenya Savannah Classic over the last uh, last couple of years as well. I think they're going to have some some relevance to them. Um, 
yeah, I, in terms of how it'll play, I'm expecting warm and dry condition. I'm expecting kind of 85, maybe up to 90 Fahrenheit. And the wind's going to pick up to 10 or 15 miles in the um, per hour in the afternoons. I think it's going to be firm and fast. Again, some of the um, some of the comments from those players from 2017, 2018, almost likened it to linksy style golf when it was firm and fast in terms of the shots and the style of shots that you needed to play. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that's a terrible angle to look at. You know, I'm not going to go remotely close to suggesting this is a links course because it's nothing like it. But sometimes you get those conditions that force you to play a similar kind of style of golf on certain shots. And uh, I think you might find that to a certain degree. Um, yeah, and with it being firm, I, I think, we again, I think we're looking at that kind of 10, 12, 14 under maybe. Um, you know, it remains to be seen, but I don't think the scoring is going to get away here. I think I don't think it's going to be a twenty-five under job. So, who who have you who have you plumped with then to yeah. lead your brigade? Yeah, kind of. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I had ten or twelve on the shortlist altogether. But I, I when it when it's a relatively new course or something you've not got a great deal of. Um, history on or re- relevant history of the recent past and um, I tend to keep it quite tight so I've only backed four um, I've started my team at the top with uh, Johannes Veerman who I backed with Boyle Sports eight places each way there's 22 to one available uh, with 365 if you want to go down the um, the shorter uh, each way places but longer price option I went 20 to one eight places each way with Boyle Sports this week on Veerman and I think for me, that kind of neat and tidy um, approach works better. I, I, I suspect, I suspect we'll find some of the bombers get themselves into the mix here this week, because they're going to be able to overpower certain holes. They're going to be able to, you know, to, to make some some birdies, some eagles on some of the um, some of the, hole, the, the the holes that are effectively much shorter because of the altitude. But yeah. overall, I think a neat and tidy operator is going to win. And I, I, for me, Veerman's one of the, the classiest um, players in the field this week. And he, he plies his trade just by by being that kind of, um, you know, not overly long off the tee, but very, very competent from tee to green. Uh, his one career win um, at this level came at the Czech Masters, I mentioned a minute ago. Um, that's a yeah. slight altitude, um, slick bent grass greens there. 15 under total he got that week. So that's right in the mix, I think, for this. Mm. And if you look at his stats for that week, um, it kind of just backs up what I said. 12 for strokes gain approach, 6th off the tee, 3rd for tee to green that week. If he repeats that, then uh, yeah, bingo this week, I think. Um, solid since, 8th at the Italian Open, 6th at the Dutch, um, 12th in Joburg, 12th last time out at Raz Alkheimer as well. So um, some decent enough form coming into this and a couple of top 10s at Carron Country Club as well. And um, he's got no issue working the yardages out from the looks of it. He's uh, Kenya Open effort last year, 17th I think he finished in the end. Uh, third for strokes gain approach, fourth for strokes gain tee to green. That's absolutely spot on. I think if a player's proven that they can make the adjustments competently for these uh, for these altitude events, then they're well worth a look. So, so Veerman's in for me. Um, I've also backed Shabanka Sharma at 50 to 1, um, six places each way. Now, I've taken the six each way option here um, because that's the best price, joint best price out there um, from Unibet, that is. Um, if you want the extended 
uh, places this week, you're looking down in the kind of 33 to one bracket, which for me was too big a differential. So I've plumped with six each way. I've plumped with 50 to one for Sharma, but I think that's a, um, I think that's a good price. And I think if you look at the standout piece of form in this field, he has it second to Thomas Peters in Abu Dhabi. That was Rolex. I was going series to say, I remember him at the top of a leaderboard this year. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was so, that, it was Abu Dhabi, was it? Yeah, yeah, and you know that's that's Rolex series level. This is you know how many how many rungs down the ladder since since that is mm. this this event. So, um, really does stand out that. And I guess you look at Charmer. Really, he hasn't fulfilled his potential. I don't think. And after winning the Joburg Open back in twenty seventeen. Uh, won the Maybank Championship a few weeks later. Both of them are relevant, of course. Joburg, uh, Joburg Altitude, Bentgrass, as we talked about. Sorjana, which is where the um, the Maybank Championship was held as a Parkland affair. Fast greens there as well. So both of them have got some relevance to this, I think. Um, but yeah, I, he started to show some signs that he's close again. Um, even before Abu Dhabi, ninth at Wentworth. Uh, third in the Spanish Open in the autumn last year. And uh, if you just dig into some of his stats, he's topped both strokes gained tee to green and strokes gained putting in recent weeks. Um, also been second for strokes gained approach. So um, all aspects of his game are very close or have been um, absolutely spot on in recent times. And he puts it all together. Shabanka Sharma's got the quality to win this tournament. Very, very, uh, very much so. So um, I was quite excited with the price there, I must say. Um, same price, I've also backed Joost Lauten, um, eight places each way, 50 to one with Boyles. You can get 55s with Bet365 five each way this week. I've gone with the eight places each way option for five points less. That seems more than fair to me. Uh, six times winner on the tour. We know how many times have I talked about Joost Lauten on this podcast. Six times a winner, all of them between 12 under and 19 under. So this, again, is right in his wheelhouse. That's the kind of target... Um, number that uh, Yost tends to hit when he wins his uh, when he wins his tournaments. Um, seventh last year at Cowan Country Club, um, he was that was at the Savannah Classic. He was second for strokes game putting on very very similar greens, so that really did stick out. That was one for the notebook um, last year. Um, tenth also at Karen back in two thousand and seven when it was on the Challenge Tour. So some good Kenyan form. Um, it's effectively a course debut this week, um, but that Kenyan form is positive, I think, and very consistent, very um, positive form in South Africa in general as well. Um, Nineteen starts I counted up in South Africa, just one missed cut from that. Five top tens in that time, and I think this course should suit him very nicely. Um, just starting to show a little bit of form. I read his blog. I do keep an eye on Joost Loughton's blog. And um, he was really pleased with his um, ball striking on his last outing. Just couldn't make the putts. So um, if he can get a bit of that well, bent grass, like Yost. <laughs> you know, he's been far, far better. He's, he's kind of got more positive with his putting stroke, and um, it's starting to wash through. And again, if I'm I'm looking at the um, the strokes game putting from from Karen from last year, um, and um, you know he got on really well with those bent grass greens. So. Hopefully you can kind of keep that and push that through to this week's performance. So, so yeah, Yosin. Finally, um, I've also backed Marcus Kinholt at ninety to one. Um, again, I've taken six each way with uh, Unibet. There, that is the best price on the board at the moment. So um, there's no other better option I could find. Um, again, you're taking quite a chunk off if you're going down to the uh, to the extended each way places. So 90 to one, six places each way, fifth of the odds with Unibet for Marcus Kinholt. Um, 
another classy operator, winner of the 2019 British Masters at Hillside. Obviously a talented sort, but seriously inconsistent. But perhaps he's found something. Ninth um, and first. He won last week in the Nordic Golf League. Now, I guess you've got to take results from the Nordic Golf League with a pinch of salt. <laughs> Again, it's a, it's a level even below this, but um, I think that winning momentum um, is good for any player. And if he can take that forward into this week's um, event, and we know he can win at this level, he can win above this level. British Masters is better than this. Um, he's also been second at the the Ned Mag, Ned, the Ned Bank back in 2019. Again, that was altitude. He lost to Tommy mm-hmm. Fleetwood in the playoff there. That was a good quality field. Uh, a bit of course form as well. He's 12th here at Muthaiga back in 2017. Uh, opened with a 72 and then his final 54 holes. Um, only two players beat his final 54 hole tally. Rings of you know, a very, very similar kind of setup there to uh, to Stracker last week in terms of that justification. So um, perhaps uh, perhaps he can repeat a little bit of that magic. And uh, at, the, at the price, I think he's worth a chance this week. So then by four, Marcus Kinnock, 90 to one. Yost Lauten, 50s. Shabanka Sharma, 50 to one. And Johannes Veerman at 20 to one with eight places this week. Who's winning then, Barry? Uh, um, I'm, I'm very light on my uh, research on this. Uh, it started at the time we hit the record button and it hasn't finished yet. <coughs> Um, I was just pop- doing a couple of um, predictors um, on your uh, on the predictor here on the site, and see Louis Diager is uh, showing quite nicely there. Um, he withdrew last week. I can't seem to find out why not. I'll dig into that and see what the reason was. But uh, it's got some nice uh, nice form going on, uh, bits and pieces. Plus, it's a nice price. Um, I'd be reluctant to get into anybody a bit short on this because it's. Uh, I'd rather just take a few flyers at long odds. So, um, who else was looking? Kinnell sounds good, Paul. Can't. Um, yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're talking uh, about get away firm from turf conditions, <clears throat> this is what I thought. If you're talking mm. firm turf conditions, releasing greens, we know that Kinnell. Is the he's a classy operator by the seaside, isn't he? So that yeah. kind of linksy style that you said, I know it's not a links course, but that is. I'm just talking turf conditions. Mm. That kind of plays to Kinnell's strengths. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I was again really, you know, you could look at it and say, well, you know, it was a very, very low level win that he got last week, but, um, but yes, wins buy- win. Yeah, absolutely, and you know the positive vibes that puts through your game. You, you, you've you've beaten everyone else in that field. Anyone else who turned up, you were the best player there. Um, yeah. You know you're capable of winning at uh, what what was European Tour level, DP World Tour level, um, and uh, yeah, I, yeah the, the hillside win is strong. It's got some correlation to this if you if you talk about the turf conditions that you just described and uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's, a, it's worth a punt at the price in my view. Yeah, it's nice, nice combo. Oh, I mean, a win's a win. It just refreshes the good vibes and the memories, and it's all you know. It's brought back to the front of the brain, and I like the price. I'm in on that. Um, no, haven't really got uh, anyone else popping right now, and on the lack of uh, research, I shouldn't say anything more. So, Steve, have you got anyone? Not for me. I'm absolutely flat out on uh, Bay Hill and Puerto Rico, so there's nothing for me on that part. So. Let's move on to Arnold Palmer Invitational. Mm. 
which clearly is one of the bigger events on the PGA Tour every year. Um, Bay Hill Country Club. This is Arnie's place. Arnold Palmer's Invitational. A typical Florida golf course. Water on eight of the holes in play. Um, it's a par 72. Uh, we're looking at Bermuda Grass Greens. Tiff Eagle again, as we saw at PGA National last week on the Honda Classic. They've extended the golf course as well. Not by a lot, but they've added another 12 yards to the short 13th, par 4. So we're now looking at 7,466 yards at sea level. So this is not a short golf course by any stretch of the imagination. The greens themselves, 7,500 square feet on average. Score in here tends to be based upon the wind and tends to be based upon the turf conditions. We have seen scores very markedly over the years. I mean, last year, Bryson DeChambeau, who doesn't defend. I wish Bryson would have said he wasn't going to defend sort of end of last week or something just to give us all a break. But clearly he does it on a Monday morning over in the US and all of a sudden the markets start falling apart because DeChambeau's withdrawn. It does make me laugh. I mean, clearly he knew he wasn't going to play this quite a while ago, I'd assume. But anyway, DeChambeau won at 11 under. And then Tyrrell Hatton in 2020, I was on board, 55 to 1 that year. Five under par. And if you want to see a golf course that was stretching and hard and windswept, that particular renewal was that. Uh, Francesco Molinari was 12 under in 2019. So, I mean, we're getting a very good list of winners here already, aren't we? DeChambeau, Hatton, Molinari. Rory McIlroy adds to that list in 2018. Now, he won at 18 under. And you go back to Matt Every, when he won the second time in 2015, he won at 19 under. And when you just look at that, they were, it was a softer golf course and there was less wind. Um, I'm just looking at 2015 Matt Every. I'm not seeing a wind here, a wind speed that was over 15 miles an hour. In fact, it was 5 to 10 miles an hour for the uh, first thir uh, 54 holes. Yeah. So I think weather here is important. And i think tell you why else I think weather here is important. Because again, you know, you were saying about turf conditions in Kenya. I think here, dependent on what we're going to see in terms of the strength of the wind, I think also um, starts to add credence to the amount of greens that are going to be hit and the amount of emphasis that's going to be on short game. And as you know, I, and we talk, I, not, I don't hear many podcasts or people talking about short game, but for me, especially on these stretching classical kind of major type tra tracks, Players without short game, to me, are a danger if greens are going to be releasing and if the wind's going to be howling and we're going to be missing 20, 22, 24, 26 greens across 72 holes. You need to be able to scramble to keep those pars on the card and not, uh, you know, not leak bogeys. So I'm just looking here at Windfinder. I'm looking at this week. I'll just press the refresh button one more time. Not that that's going to make a difference. Thursday, nothing more than six miles an hour. Friday, it actually, um, morning is dead. It then looks like it's going to build up to nothing more than 12 miles an hour in the afternoon. Saturday and Sunday, a little bit more 
in terms of a stronger breeze, breeze I'm saying, not wind as such, but we're looking 10 to 14 and then around about 16 miles an hour on Sunday. So that to me would suggest, and especially for this golf course, that is a very, very low level of wind that's going to be involved this week compared to what we see here historically. So that helped shape for me exactly the player at the top of the lead at the top of the market that I was going to plump for because I don't know but I've, I've had Victor Hovland in mind for Bay Hill for many many years and I didn't want to get sucked into that wacky Neiman angle that we had a couple of weeks ago not that I'm saying that Neiman and Hovland are comparable on odds this week but that kind of thing where you quickly glance at a player's form and what they've done on a golf course and you think well actually he's got nothing better here than like a 30 something I'm nah, nah, not interested because yeah. what you do get with Hovland he was actually third here last year before the course got extremely firm and before the wind arrived and then he fell away. And it was also a week after he'd finished second at the WGC at the concession behind Colin Moakawa. If you remember that week, it was pretty much a dogfight between those two. They were they, they kind of pulled clear. And it was Morikawa and Hovland fighting for a WGC. He came here, he was third after 36 holes, and then he fell away over the weekend. And I think the whole golfing community betters, viewers, were kind of shocked that that Hovland got himself into place and did fall away that particular week um, because he was in such a rich vein of form. I just think that Hovland this week around here, I just had to take him. So I took two and a half points each way, 16 to one, which is generally available right now. I got eight places each way with Ladbrokes on Victor Hovland because I just think this golf course is right up his alley. Also interesting to note with Hovland, his last two victories... Bear in mind, he's won four of his past 17 appearances, yeah? Four of his last 17. His last two victories have been on Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens. Yeah. Dubai Desert Classic, yeah, that's which right. you clearly covered last month, Paul. Mm -hmm. And also, he won the Hit and Giggle at the Tiger World Challenge at Albany, which again, Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens. And when you just look at Deshamba, you look at Hatton, you look at Molinari, Rory, go back even to Tiger, go back to Ernie Els, who's won around here a couple of times. They've all got excellent form at Dubai Desert Classic. Apart from Molinari, Mol Molinari's only had a 13th there, he never really played it a lot. But Deshambo, he's won at the Dubai Desert Classic. Tyrrell Hatton's had a couple of thirds and a fourth. Rory, two wins, a second and a third at the Dubai Desert Classic. Tiger, two wins in Dubai, a second and a third. And Ernie Els, two wins in Dubai, uh, three second places and two third places at the Dubai Desert Classic setup. So I just love that crossover. Absolutely love it this week. So I, I, I didn't hesitate, straight on Hovland. Two and a half points each way, 16 to one for me at the top of the market. Another thing I noted, chaps, about previous winners of this, be that Hatton, especially DeChamber, I mean, it goes without saying, they were absolutely outstanding drivers of the golf ball in terms of strokes gained coming into the tournament, ranked very highly in all of my analysis. So 
If I'm looking at my player strokes gained rankings over the last eight weeks, I think strokes gained off the tee would appear to be important this way. I'll just run through it. None of these would particularly shock you. John Rahm's at one, McElroy at two, Sergio Garcia at three, Tyrrell Hatton tied with Sung Im at four. So there you go. You've already got Rory McElroy who's won here. You've got Till Hatton that's run here and Sung Im that's got who's got a fantastic record here in the top five of my strokes going off the T metric over the last eight weeks. Westwood at six. Again, Westwood was runner-up here last year. Seven, Keith Mitchell. My love affair with Keith Mitchell does continue this week, by the way. I'm a FOMO bet on Keith Mitchell. And then you've got eight, Siwoo Kim, nine, Victor Hovland, and number 10, Hideki Matsuyama. I've tried to change the pronunciation. I don't know if you noticed. Matsuyama. He's at 10. So we'll pick, we'll pick you up on it next time you don't use that pronunciation, Steve. Thank you. Yama. I'm disappointed to go back to the previous one, Steve. I think people are here for the mispronunciations oh, rather yeah. than the accuracy. <laughs> I'll mix it up. So just taking that angle, I'm going Keith Mitchell again on a FOMO bet, fear of missing out. Um, I don't really need to go into it, do I? He almost crept into the top. If he hadn't started, I think what freaked him out last week, actually, for a player of Mitchell's ilk, is he was thrown into one of the televised groups. And when you're thrown in with some of these bigger names, I think for guys that are still working their way up, I think that can be an issue for them. And he shot uh, three over in round one. So he was kind of taken out of the equation to win it right there. And then from that, from that point on, Mitchell played some really good golf last week. He's finding fairways, enough fairways. He hits it a country mile. Um, noticeable last week as well he was in the top 12 for strokes game putting on Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass greens so that mix of a guy that's really strong off the tee and has got a really warm putter on these Tiff Eagle Bermuda putting surfaces is something I really like this week so I've got Mitchell in there with Hovland Um, Keith Mitchell what did I get on Keith 40 to 1 uh, was my price on Keith Mitchell I got that with Paddy Power eight places each way. I know he's been backed in. He's 45 to 1 now. Best odds with Bet365, five places each way. I caught the odds. So that's Mitchell. That's Victor Hovland. Two in that kind of mid I'll tell you what else I've noticed here. Take away Matt Everett's 250 to 1 odds. Well, victory here. Was it 300 to 1? I think it's 300 to 1. Seven of the last eight renewals. Look at the average winning price here. 42 to 1. If you go way back to 2010, take away that 300 to 1 every win, the average price of the winner here is a 34 to 1 price point. So we are very... That, that, this juicy price point we love, this 30, 28s, 30s, 33s, 40 to 1, it's very much in play this week. Um, I've gone for Adam Scott. I ended up at 28 to 1 on Adam Scott, which was an awful price. He's 35 to 1 with William Hill, eight places each way right now. I'd so much rather have that. But Adam Scott right now, um, playing some fantastic golf. He's also, so far in his career, won at TPC Sawgrass, PGA National, and Trump National Doral. He's won at the three iconic Florida golf courses. He's got a third here, a third here, and a 12th here, even though he doesn't tend to play it regularly. He's added it to the schedule this week, this year, and he was fourth last time out at the Genesis Invitational. And if you just look at Scott, he's driving the ball 
straighter than he usually does. He's finding far more fairways. His approach game is fantastic. And Paul, you've noted you've noted this a lot of times over the last twelve to eighteen months. Adam Scott's putting is so much better than it used to be. Mm, absolutely, he's Certainly sitting. Found something, isn't he? Well, this is it. I'm looking again. My top, uh, my eight week strokes game putting tracker: Hatton one, Homer two, Hovland three strokes game putting. We've got Adam Scott in a tie for fourth with with Matt Fitzpatrick. Again. Hatton a winner here. Holmes got a top 10 here. Hovland's been a 36-hole third-place guy around here. Matt Fitzpatrick's got a fantastic record here. Yep. And Adam Scott. So there's something here also about form putters. So I've got Scott in there. And I've also got another player that I just noted there, Max Homer. I think Max Homer's got a fantastic chance this week. I really do. I've got one and a half points each way, 40 to 1 with Ladbrokes eight places each way on Max Homer. Max Homer is also available right now, 50 to 1, with Bet365, five places each way, caught the odds. The only thing you need to know about Homer, he just thrives, doesn't he? Thrives on classical golf courses. So, And he loves big tournaments. Don't forget, he won the 2019 Wells Fargo. He then won the 2021 Genesis Invitational last year, beating Estella Field. He also won the Fortinet Championship at the end of last year when he overhauled my tip, Maverick McNeely. Look at those courses, though. Tree-lined. Classical courses, tough stretching courses for the first two, definitely. I wouldn't say that for Silverado. But this that's the kind of place. He hits the ball a long way. He's an excellent putter when he's in form. Um, he's got decent also results at other classical tracks like Pebble Beach, Muirfield Village and everything. I just think that's a really good price point. Targets perfectly with the kind of winning prices we've seen here in the past. And Homer, I was really impressed with the way he defended last time out at the Genesis Invitational. He was in the mix pretty much the whole way, putted extremely well. So I went in on Homer. And I'm also taking one more, a bigger price. I've taken, <laughs> this one always makes me laugh, what could possibly go wrong? I've got Eric Van Royen. 80 to 1, a point each way with Ladbrokes, eight places each way, a fifth the odds on Eric. He's available right now at 90 to 1 with Bet365, five places each way, caught the odds. I just like Eric this week because I think there's a need for Eric to do something because just looking at his world ranking, he's 63rd in the world. Week after next, they do the cut for the world match play. If he misses the cut this week and misses the cut next week at the players, all of a sudden Eric's in severe danger of not making the, the top 64. You're going to be, what, top 67, top 68 to yeah, make it probably. into the world match play. And I like Eric when he needs to actually some achieve something. Mm. And you actually look at his numbers, again, across my trackers. He's been playing some really nice golf recently, Eric Van Rooyen. Since the turn of the year, he's, he's got a decent set of results. Um 25th in Century, 20th at Sony, 12th in Abu Dhabi, 4th on Tiff Eagle Greens in Dubai. So yeah, he's playing some nice golf, Eric Van Rooyen. And he won't want to miss that world match play where he actually got out of the group last year down in Texas. Those are also Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens, just for reference. So I think Eric Van Rooyen just need, knows that he needs a top 10 this week would be really handy. It just locks up everything. He's into all the majors already because he got into the top 30 of the Tour Championship last year. But won't want to miss out on the Dell match play. So I've gone Van Rooyen at 80s, 
to recap. I've got Homer at 40s. I've got Scott at 28 to 1. 35 to 1 is hanging there right now with William Hill. I've also got Victor Hovland at 16 to 1 and Killer Keith Mitchell, my FOMO bet, at 40 to 1. Right, over to you two. Who do you fancy at the API this week? John Barry, you go. Uh, oh God! Uh, I'm definitely joining the Keith Mitchell FOMO bet. I mean, just all the reasons you said, Keith, uh, Steve. He was just there waiting for Strack after the round. So, oh yeah, yeah. did you see that? I've actually yeah, put that in my tip commentary. I think again, that him seeing his um, his bulldog colleague get over the line, that's only going to inspire him, surely. For sure. Like so, yeah. Just on it. Enough said. Um, Homa, I like as well, and. There's no point in elaborating any further. Uh, big fan, so let's go. Let's go with Max. Um, Paul, go on. You jump in there for a couple. I have a couple of long shots. Yeah. Okay. Afterwards, um, I've backed um, Billy Horshaw at fifties. Uh, seven each way. I backed him with with uh, with Bet Fred. Um, we talked a bit about how uh, Billy Horshaw's putting has picked up um, over recent months and um, that's uh, it's clear to see you can look through his record and um, he certainly has been putting better what I noted last week was that his long game um, kind of reverted back to where you would expect it to have been mm-hmm. uh, fifth for strokes going off the tee fifth for strokes going approach seventh for strokes going tee to green um, finished 16th overall and couldn't uh, make a putt that's what I was on yeah, but yeah, yeah which, putter, but before then his putting was fantastic. Absolutely. So all of a sudden the approach gains back. So I see what you're saying. He's yeah. rounding into something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if 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 that's kind of something's just clicked again with his long game, um, it only takes a case for that uh, for that putter just to get back to where it was. I don't think he's suddenly become a, a terrible putter again overnight. It's, uh, it, no. it's just just one of those things. So, um, so yeah, I, I hopefully you can put it all together this week. He's been top six to halfway here a couple of times, 2018 and 2019. So some kind of bubbling under course form. So Horschel at fifties, um, I went with. Um, I stuck with Gary Woodland. Um, I've taken him with five each way at 70 to one. The te- I mean, the Boyle Sports price on this 40 to one, they're taking no chances with him for 10 places. So um, I've I've been bullish with Gary. Um, he was top five last week, top five this week, hopefully. And um, yeah, I I, th- I think that if he can get, I, I watched quite a bit of Gary Woodland. He was in the featured groups on uh, Friday. So I watched virtually his entire round and um, lots and lots to like. It was just, the scoring clubs, the wedges and the, the short irons, you know, rather than getting them to 25, 30 feet, if he can get those into the kind of 10, 15 foot range or shorter every now and again, um, really get some of those, um, really, really get some of those birdie chances and good birdie chances coming through, then I think he can go well. Um, some solid efforts here, 27th, 20th, 21st, are three kind of middling efforts over his last four events. But uh, as you said earlier, ninth for, ninth for the greens in regulation. Uh, also 10th for scrambling last week. Lots to like. I think Gary's um, onto something at the moment. I think um, I'm going to stick with him while he's uh, while he's going through that kind of uh, acceleration in his uh, in his form. So uh, Woodland and Horschel. I've also backed Kevin Kisner, um, Ural Mucker. Barry. Yeah, Bermuda grass. Get on KK. He's had a second year in the past. Yes, yeah, yeah. He was third third into Sunday a couple of years ago, twenty or three years ago, twenty nineteen. Second year in twenty seventeen, as you say. Uh, third recently at the Sony. Uh, he was handy at the Phoenix as well, wasn't he? A couple of, I think that was his last yeah. start. Um, loves Bermuda. Um, won the Wyndham, didn't he, last year? 
uh, putting well. 100 to 1 by 8 places. I thought that was worth taking. So, mm. uh, so, so yeah, back Kisner. Uh, Kisner Woodland Horschel by 3. Barry, you're the Kisner Whisperer. 100 to 1 is a nice prize. It's very tempting. Loves a Bermuda. You're killing me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, also, this is a classic. I don't think this is a bomber's paradise, uh, you know, in its in uniqueness. I think shorter players can certainly get around here. Mm. So Kisner can definitely get into the mix. No doubt about that. I think, I think on a longer course, he does have to have one of his more premium weeks. I think yeah, he has yeah, to... Sure. The few extra percentage points and performance need to be there versus a, another week to contend. He's... Mm doesn't have the greatest record around here. He's got a few miscuts um, mixed in with some midfield performances mm. than the second. Still, there you go. There's 100 to 1 in the price. Um, I was, I don't know why, Hideki keeps popping into my head. Talk me into or out of Hideki. He's just, he's showing up all over your strokes gained leaderboards mm. in lots of the categories. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm not going to persuade you off of anything. If, you, if that's mm. what you want to do, you want you want. The only thing I will say here, apart from the obvious Tiger Woods, you don't tend to get many players that have won in the sea in the year building up to winning this. If you see what I mean, uh, I'm I'm ignoring the historical stats this year, Steve. Yeah, because I've just gone yes. completely against you on those. But the only thing I'll say is his record here. Although he's never missed a cut, he's only had one top ten. So. That is going against him um, when he's sitting there at 20 and 25 to 1 best price on 365. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to mull this over and figure it out. Yeah, I did I did back one uh, one real long outsider. Um, he was showing, he was, yeah, he was just popping up there uh, in towards the end of coverage on the week, um, last week. Uh, Bo Hostler. Mm. So the third and a 16th in his last four events. One missed cut in a 48th. Um, he's made the cut three times here, his best being 24th two years ago. It's just a wild flyer. I don't know. He just popped in my head. He's 175 to 1. I, I'm not ignoring that. So I just... I just I had, to just quell, Jeff, I had to quell the Paul demons. Paul Williams and Jeff Feinberg just love a piece of Bo Hosler, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, oh, by the way, Jeff, get well soon because he's come out of his um, operation from uh, the end of last week. Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, to kudos to Jeff on that. I hope he recovers quickly. But yeah, you, you Jeff and you, Paul, you love a bit of Bo Hosler, don't you? And he, I, I, Barry is correct. He's starting to percolate again, Bo Hosler. Yeah, I, I, I do putter. like I do like good putters because there's nothing that frustrates mm. me more than players putting it into a a good scoring position and then missing every single putt. And um, I, I do enjoy watching better putters play. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, but no. If I, that's I, I firm this week and it's yeah, releasing, someone like Hosler with great short game can come into it mm. for sure. Mm. Interesting. What price is that, Barry? 175 to 1. Mm. Nice. It's, it's just so juicy. And, and to like to to scratch the itch that just like dropped my head. Sorry, he is two hundred to one with five places, but there was 
I'm, I'm not met. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not, yeah, I'm not sure I'd be taking 200 on five places with bohos, though. I, I take every place I can possibly get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so, one of those, um, <laughs> no, but it's just you know, one of those ones where it just pops in your head or you feel it in your gut for a fleeting second, and the amount of times you ignore it, and I have done recently, and it uh, it's come back to bite me in the ass. So, uh, this one did, and I just uh, jumped on and backed it straight away. And, th- and then I went and looked for the rationale behind why. <laughs> so. If Bo had been playing in Puerto Rico this week, I think I'd have probably been all over him. He is, he's definitely doing something at the moment. Right, I think that's us then, gentlemen, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you're you're working on Puerto Rico, so I guess we. Just well, need to once I've built, once I've built, you've you've given me the file for this, built the podcast, done the YouTube video. I've, I will fi- eventually get around to trying to pick a winner in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So direct. Uh, I'm not going to give you any to... names whatsoever, but I do have <laughs> some names in mind. Not too many, because I'm going to I'm not going to go crazy on it. And well, I tell you, the name no... lots of points. The name that Go caught on. my eye, um, and we've, we've mentioned him three or four times on this podcast already, because he's, he's not playing, and um, Arnold Palmer, um, is Matt Every. Now, of course, Every's <laughs> played, <laughs> Every's won twice at Bay Hill, and uh, he's, he doesn't even get a start this week. What's that about? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he's playing over in Puerto. Yeah, he's, he's playing over in Puerto Rico. He. Um, he narrowly missed out. I think he shot four under in that uh, Monday queue, that loaded Monday queue last week. So, um, some potentially a little bit of form there. Um, I'm seeing early prices of four hundred to one. That's probably not what I'm interested. In. You know what I'm interested in? First round leader bet on uh, Matt yeah. Every. So he'd probably be twelve to one first round leader, knowing <laughs> the layers. But um, well, I'm you're, expecting you're all over Matt Every this week in Puerto Rico. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I, you were going to tell me about Omar Uresti in Port yeah, the well, field yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is, it's, it's incredibly shocking how Omar, or it? why the PGA Tour don't allow some corn ferry grads into these of uh, these smaller events I will never know you know but when you've got Keith Clearwater saying no and Frank Likita too saying no and then you get Chris Couch being added to the field it's just incredibly poor stuff but anyway <laughs> We will pull together a Puerto Rico Open preview this afternoon. So available on the website from Tuesday. Just follow me on Twitter, and I'll be twi- uh, I'll be sending it out later this afternoon. All right, that's us, chaps. Thanks for your time. I hope your bets go well. Yeah, best of luck, guys. Good luck, boys. Could Barry have found the second triple-digit winner with Bo Hosler this week? We will find out. Good luck to listeners, and we'll see you again next week. For the Players' Championship, and I believe you've got Qatar as well, haven't you, Paul? No, no, this is no? Uh, the Pekinwood Classic I've got oh. um, over in South Africa. There you nice go. new one the to Pekinwood get my Classic into. and the Players' Championship. Arrivederci. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the 